I think to run a company successfully requires so much effort and passion. If you're not that bothered about it, you're just trying to do it to pay the bills, that's never really going to work because you're not going to have the enthusiasm, ideas, or energy to, to get there, I think. Hey, it's Andy here from Video Talks. If you're here for the first time, please subscribe and we can keep you updated with new episodes. Um, I wanted to just give this interview a little intro. Um, I actually recorded this interview with uh, Tom Box, the MD of British animation company Blue Zoo, a while back, actually a couple of years ago. And I didn't really feel ready to concentrate on releasing a podcast. So I put this interview on the virtual shelf and uh, it's only now that I feel like it's the right time. In this interview, Tom talks about everything from growing a business, hiring the right staff, keeping that staff motivated, keeping himself motivated, producing great work. There's loads of gold nuggets in there uh, for anyone, even if you're not into animation, just about running a business, there's great insight and you can really see why their company has been so successful. So without any further ado, um, here is interview with Tom Box. Run VT. I'm thrilled to introduce my guest today, uh, Tom Box from Blue Zoo. Are you ready to talk video, Tom? I'm ready as ever. Nice one. <laughs> Um, Tom is one of the founders and managing director of the hugely successful animation studio, Blue Zoo. Since Tom and two of his uni friends formed the company back in 2000, they've made millions of adults and children smile with their amazing TV shows on the BBC. They've won BAFTAs for original shows and in 2018 opened a brand new online democratic community course for animators to learn their techniques of 3D animation called Anim Dojo. So Tom, I've given our audience a brief overview of your background. Uh, could you expand a bit and just give us a bit more about what you do and who you are? Sure. Um, to go, well, first of all, thank you for um, having me on your on your podcast. Very excited to be part of it. Um, to, to give a bit of a background to myself, um, going all the way back, I uh, I always used to love uh, animating in my bedroom when I was kind of about nine or ten years old, and uh, I wanted to be like a stop motion animator. And then my dad bought a bought home a BBC Micro one day, and I kind of fell in love with programming and the being else being able to kind of uh, create uh, programs from scratch on it. Uh, and then I kind of really kind of started doing lots more of that technical side, and then. Uh, when actually my brother was picking his uh, university courses, he's two years older than me, and I realised then, looking through his kind of university prospectuses, you could actually do a degree in computer animation, and the two kind of worlds of animation and computers could collide, which I hadn't really uh, appreciated much before that. So I basically picked my A levels to go to Bournemouth University, which was one of the only universities in the UK uh, which was, had a degree in computer animation. So I went to Bournemouth 
and had a fantastic time there. Uh, and then in our final year, a few of us in, uh, in our final year decided to set a studio up. So we got together, got borrowed some uh, money from a friend of a friend and set up shop in central London. And it was quite fortunate that this was back in 2000 and it was just uh, when it became possible to do good kind of broadcast quality computer animation on home PCs. And it was also just before Freeview launched. So it's a very uh, good window of opportunity because there's a, a big demand for, for um, low cost animated content. And uh, it was possible to do it uh, on low cost PCs without having to have millions of pounds to buy expensive uh, silicon graphics workstations that you would have needed a few few years before so it was um a great time so we we set up and luckily our very first project was for uh, a new freeview channel which was cbb's and that set us down the path of creating uh content for children's tv and since then we've kind of like grown and grown and made our own content and grown the studio from the few of us to about 120 or so it is now to one of the uh, biggest and uh, most uh, well-known uh, animation studios in the UK. Well, it's an amazing, it's an amazing story, and you've had an amazing success along the way. So, congratulations on that. Ah, cheers. And interesting, interesting that you talk about the, you know, the background, your background being tech originally, and the realization that you know animation and tech could come together. Yeah, quite, it's quite a fascinating concept what sort of time what sort of year was that uh what when i well i'd i'd actually uh with a few friends set up a uh, software company when i was about 16 i think and that was for doing uh internet software so that was kind of like pre.com so that was a little bit little bit early to jump on that wave um but we we tinkered with that for a bit and then that's before university so uh, then when I went to university, I really kind of embraced the mixing uh, uh, visual creatives with with programming. And that was really kind of where it all stemmed from. So it was, it was mid, mid-90s, really. That's amazing. So you were actually an entrepreneur very early in your life as well. Yeah, well, my, my dad ran an architect's practice. And that had, so I'd grown up watching him kind of uh come home from work and then just working on the the kind of the business strategy and always looking at the 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 books and stuff like that so i'd i'd always grown up assuming people kind of have their own companies <laughs> so that's really where it where it stemmed from i think well that's great so tom uh this podcast is called video talks so please, could you give our audience an insight of how moving image is working for you and your business? I think one of the best things about animation is that it starts with a complete blank canvas, where versus if you're just doing uh, filming with a camera, you've always got to use what exists. Where with animation, it allows you to be, you know, as creative as your mind is. Uh, and that allows you to explain concepts very easily or it allows you to go places that budgets might not be able to afford. So it's this complete creative flexibility that allows communication in its purest form. And that's what's, I, I think, so uh, advantageous for going down more of an animated route if, compared to all other options. 
Yeah, I suppose in animation, anything's possible and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, totally. And that's what's really exciting about being involved, especially from the first step when you're pitching for projects. Uh, it's really exciting time to be because there's very few restrictions so you can go anywhere and, and for a creative that's that's what you want you want to you don't want to be too limited you also need some guidance but uh you want to be able to uh, try and make every project different in some way okay moving on from the from what what moving image can do for you um to the hurdles and the obstacles that you may have come across in your career so far what uh what have been the main issues that you've had to deal with? Um, from the main issue that we had to deal with from when we started the studio from scratch is that we started it whilst we're in our final year at university. And most companies kind of grow out of other companies. And with that, they borrow their their workflows and methods and techniques, which are sometimes just the way it's done. And we kind of started from scratch, which was a bit of a double-edged sword because we had no experience, no clients no contacts so we had to kind of like wing it <laughs> the entire time and that you know we we worked out some right ways and some wrong ways but i kind of saw that we kind of evolved on an island in that respect because we worked out our own way of doing it and it turns out that's been quite an efficient way of working which i think has allowed us to survive over the last 18 years where we've seen a lot of other companies kind of uh, uh, implode around us when they've kind of either grown too quickly or too big or haven't moved on uh, quickly enough um, so I think one of the biggest thing was just not having uh, contacts because the world the world turns on who you know uh, and that was a massive step kind of getting that first job and we actually got our first job from going to our degree show because we didn't we were thinking we weren't nearly going to go to our degree show because we'd already had jobs but we thought uh, there's there's free beer there let's let's go along and see our mates and it turned out the BBC had gone to it to see if they could any of the students could or the university could help them make some animations and and the uh our course teacher pointed them in our direction and that by chance turned into our first job so we quickly realized you kind of make your own luck by being in the right place at the right time so uh since then we've always tried to be in as many places as we can be so we can make our own luck because people won't find you you've got to go and find them that's a that's a brilliant tip for anyone out there who is um, a budding or already an established animator. So thanks for that. That's good. That's good right. Insight. <laughs> I like it. Do you have uh, Do you have any examples of any other sort of hurdles you came across along the way during the growth of the business? Uh, we've we've kind of learned uh, from growing from uh, the few of us that started to uh, the over a hundred whatever it is we have now that your your problems never stop and your problems just get bigger <laughs> in a sense uh so i think there's there's i think in a way that if if you don't have problems i don't think you're pushing yourself hard enough because i think we constantly try and push ourselves out of our comfort zone to challenge ourselves because once you stop challenging yourself you can become a bit uh just bored and disgruntled and slight getting a bit bitter and jaded i think uh from when i've seen others get a bit complacent and bored about being doing the same job for too long without developing it so i think it's very important and so we embrace having problems i guess is what i'm trying to say so we we constantly have problems but we it sounds um cliched but we really try and see them as challenges rather than getting 
uh, bogged down and depressed at, at what uh, hassles they are. It's it was, we always try and see what opportunities we can we can make out of them, whether it's like a key member of kind of staff leaving. We'll see how we can use that as an opportunity to uh, reshape a team or give someone else opportunity that they were struggling to get otherwise. Or if it's a case of, you know, you've, you've lost uh, a pitch, you can try and learn from why you, why you lost the pitch and uh, try and learn from that mistake to make sure that it's, you can make yourself better from it because getting better involves failure. So, so embrace it. Fail forward, as people say. Exactly, yeah. So, Tom, what did you want to be or do when you were growing up? Uh, originally, I wanted to be, I think, a cameraman because uh, I was always obsessed with uh, video and making video. Um, and I don't know why, as a cameraman, I wanted to be where my, I come from quite a creative family. Both my parents are architects and come from uh, quite a uh, creative families as well so i've always been around kind of drawing lots as growing up my my dad's always kind of been painting at home in spare time so i always kind of grew up in a in a, in a creative environment so um then i watched um i think i watched uh used to watch all the stop motion animations on tv things like post and pattern stuff and i used to love the the tactile craft that those those sets had and i used to build uh kind of sets like that in my bedroom out of uh, paper mache and clay and made my own stop motion animations with practicing characters and it kind of really evolved from there wanting to go into animation then getting it off in computers and uh and just seeing seeing what took my fancy really and, and just going with the flow um so it's it's very fortunate to be working in a job that I essentially wanted to do from a very young age. And similarly, it's, it's, it's uh, I always try not to take it for granted that I work in an industry and a studio where people would probably be doing the work if they weren't being paid to, because that's it's a very nice environment to work up in when everyone's passionate about the job, not doing it just to pay the mortgage. Yeah, I can imagine it's it must be a really fun place to work. How important is the workplace environment for for your staff and your team? Do you feel? I think, in terms of from a from a an employer perspective, having to making our our workplace enjoyable is uh, couldn't be more important because essentially our studio is our staff, and if our staff aren't happy, they're making bad work. And as I say, you're only as good as your last job. So making our work as good as it can be is our you know highest priority we're we're totally a believer in you know if you make good work more good work will come to you and so really we have to make sure that our staff uh, are as happy as they can be and motivated and we have a nice uh, culture and environment that really uh, cultivates collaboration creativity and sharing of ideas and workflow because equally if people don't get along in a team uh, a project's only as good as the communication on that team so we really try and make sure in every single way that the studio is a nice environment a nice friendly environment to work in where people enjoy chatting to each other and they enjoy coming to work every day so you see it in the work at the end of the day really collaboration is key to blue zoo then totally um, so what would you, during your 
eighteen years. Uh, what's been? Yeah. What have been some of those those pinnacles, those proudest moments for you? I guess the proudest. I, I remember the, my first proudest moment was coming home and seeing our first project on TV, and and just being uh, blown away by the fact that something we made and we were only like 21 at the time so seeing something we'd made uh was then coming home and seeing on tv and now it's a bit surreal because we make a lot of children's content and i've got young kids so i'll get home from work and just see our work non-stop yeah. on tv all the time so it's and it's now it's just the norm so it's, it's it's quite bizarre going from that kind of uh that uh, feeling of uh, complete bewilderment that you're you're seeing your work on tv to then to then it becoming uh normality uh, and it's you sometimes it's easy to get uh complacent about these things so you've got to remind yourself not not to be otherwise that's not a good place to be in um i guess the other big uh most proudest moments uh was the kind of peer recognition of like when we won uh a bafta award for independent production company uh, because that was uh, that was recognition of everyone, and if it's uh, an award for one person or one project, you know that's great. But to have an award that says every single person in the studio contributed to that award, you can't really get better than that. Amazing. Now you're you've got a family and you've got kids watching your own shows. Do you look at those shows with a critical eye when you get home? I uh, yeah um I, I look at other shows a lot more <laughs> with a critical eye than our own shows i've seen those a lot already um but I, it gives you an enormous uh frame of reference in terms of what children like it's probably hugely biased as to what my kids like but that's better than nothing so <laughs> uh so i really it allows you to to make uh shows that you think are going to work a lot quicker being able to see how children's minds work on a daily basis rather than just seeing a focus group here and there. Um, so in that sense, uh, developing children's content and living with and around children is, uh, is essential. I find now, I don't know. I, I find it impossible to think how we, we used to do it without children, uh, to how it, we, how it works now when we've all got kids. Yeah, I, I'm sure that um it's the insight that you never thought you'd have yeah and especially as we kind of we also make our own um apps as well for the for the brands uh and shows that we own like uh alpha blocks number blocks and for those it comes in very handy because we can continuously iterate them so i'll just take you know new builds new builds home on a on a daily basis almost and show and put them in front of the kids because you find that there are very small things that children do. For example, how they drag on a screen on a, like an iPad is completely different to how an adult does it. Mm -hmm. So you have to you discover a lot of these things through uh, constant testing that you'd never be able to do if you didn't uh, have kind of like children surrounding you. And obviously you're known for a lot of children's TV and character animation and you, you are you're conscious to put yourself in that area um but you do a lot of work for brands and other clients so how how is that work different um what I, it's, that's not really a it's i know where you kind of 
what you're trying to say. And I guess because one of the problems we've had as a studio is that we make products essentially for children and uh and adults uh it's always a bit tricky because you say we make adult animation too and that sounds like you're you're making adult porn which is not not the case (laughs) um but we make um we make animation for all ages is a is a easier way of saying it um but one of the problems with that is market positioning because people start to know you as a children's TV company when essentially we make animation for, for everyone. We do a lot of work for, with like BBC Sport, for example, like when we did all of their um, rugby league uh, branding. And uh, so we've really, uh, as a company, tried to position ourselves as making uh, characterful, bold, energetic CG animation for anyone. So we, we have a niche that covers all the different bases that before it was getting that bit kind of conflicted message. So it's kind of trying to distill what we do to a level that works across all the different things, but is easy to, to understand. Yeah. Well, I did. I I know the rugby league work that you were talking about is amazing and very different style. Very, do, do you work with, are all your uh, character designers in house? You, you pull in people for specific reasons or not? We, I mean, we love collaboration, and we don't want to, and have tried very hard not to have a house style because, from a business perspective, it's it's very dangerous to have a house style because trends come and go very quickly, mm-hmm. and if you've got a, a style that becomes a bit passe and a bit last year, then the phone stopped ringing very quickly. So we've always tried to, to to have a very flexible approach to styles. And also we don't want to do the same style again and again, because that would just become a bit monotonous and, and really is the opposite of what creativity is about. So we've always try to push our our in-house artists to come up with different styles to challenge them and push them out of their comfort zone but also we do collaborate with our illustrators because i think bringing in fresh ideas is very healthy for teams so it's really a bit of a mixture of the two but ultimately we always try and do something a little bit different for every single project that comes along because it works well for us it keeps our staff motivated motivated and it works well for our client that we're not giving them the same thing we've just given for another brand the week before brilliant and would you say uh I'm, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth but um would you say that that you know keeping stuff fresh is is good for brands to use who want to use video and moving image effectively what would what advice do you give to a brand marketing person out there i think the main thing well i think one big problem people have is they get fixated on a style before they consider what budget they've got uh, so they're saying, oh, I want this Pixar style animation, but I've I've only got five grand or something like that. And it's like, you're, well, you're, that's never going to really work. So it's it's about trying to work with your client and with their budget to to really try and work out what's best for their 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 purpose really. When and trying to really focus on what the problem is they're trying to solve rather than what style they subjectively like. Uh, so it, there's, there is a lot of problem solving and that's part of the joy of the job is, is trying to come up with those problem solvers and, and working with the client rather than trying to, to fight to, for the client to say, no, I think it should be like this because that's just going to end up in a car crash that no one's happy with. So it's really trying to, trying to work with them to, 
to kind of work backwards from their their budget and their what problem they're trying to solve to come up with an elegant solution that everyone's excited about. It's brilliant. Um, of all your creations, uh, what's the closest to your heart? I that's a good question. What's the I? It's very true. It's a bit like bit like asking what your favorite child is isn't it <laughs> it's um it, all of our projects are so different so i've got different favorites for different reasons um i'm very fond of animation we made years ago that actually ended up mostly getting banned from tv which was called stitch up showdown which was i think we made it that 10 years ago and it was a mixture of sock puppets fighting with a mixture of kind of pokemon and and uh kind of itchy and scratchy all thrown together and we made it for uh, for TV, and in the end, half the episodes were banned for violence. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, quite a proud achievement, having a children's TV show banned. Can people um, still find that online somewhere, hidden away? Uh, yeah, if you, yeah, I'm sure if you search Stitch Up Showdown, you probably won't find the banned episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, because we, we made one where the characters throw each other, or throw, finds, finds his friends and then throws them into a wood chipper. And all the stuffing gets thrown into the air and uh, the sock puppet then eats the stuffing and then vomits uh, its friend onto the screen. Uh, it was I'll be searching. <laughs> apparently the uh, broadcast didn't like the idea of children trying to throw each other into wood chippers. So uh, <laughs> never true. made just, it to air. <laughs> everything's just gone too PC, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's funny rules because like, we did another show where um, no, it's part of the same series. And we had, uh, there was one character uh, trying to hammer a new leg onto his friend with a hammer. And the uh, client was said, oh, no, you can't do that because it's uh, it's repeatable. And children can find a hammer at home and try and do, do that on their little brother or sister. And we kind of said, oh, so what, what should we change it to? And they said, oh, a chainsaw. Because children can't children can't use chainsaws. <laughs> so like, wow. brilliant. We'll change it, change it to a chainsaw instead. Works for us. That's not bad. But, strange strange rules <laughs> very odd yeah you don't know when that kind of behavior is going to be coming out later in life though yeah <laughs> um yeah okay so the business of video we're sort of touching on um is there uh would you say from a business perspective there's a, there would be a formula for a successful business i mean you said you said earlier about keeping you know not having a house style within your within your area um keeping things fresh is that i think the the in terms of the secret of a successful business i think is not not chasing uh profit not trying to work out what is a a profitable idea first because i think that you, you can smell that a mile off when people are just starting a business to make a quick buck and successful businesses uh ideas that people uh, have obsessed over but in a in a focused way and and really put and make made something that is uh is kind of like beautiful and and people want rather than approaching it from the other end of i need to make some money how can i make some money because that just results in trying to think of things that you're not necessarily uh bothered about and i think to run a company successfully requires so much effort and passion if you're not that bothered about it you're just trying to do it to pay the bills 
that's never really going to work because you're not going to have the enthusiasm ideas or um or or energy to to get there i think i yeah i totally know where you're coming from there uh what about risk so within that would you encourage people to take risks in their business um yeah i think you have to take risks otherwise you'd you'd never leave your house and i think it's similar in in businesses that you always have to take calculated risks and it's up to you to gauge what that level of risk is you're happy to to take uh because there's there's recklessness and then there's um educated risk taking to push your studio forward because if you don't take risks you'll never really develop or push yourself or or push yourself out of your comfort zone and you'll never grow or chance upon new ideas which is all all of what business is about really good advice really good advice uh it's a crowded market out there what makes blue zoo stand out from the competition i think for one i think we're very fortunate we started uh 18 years ago when there wasn't many animation studios and now there are thousands because of the access to the technology uh so one is our reputation and that's something i never take for granted uh because it's taken 18 years to build and it could be ruined overnight um so we're very uh, precious about our reputation and uh in terms of what makes us unique it's really that uh that progressive forward thinking partly uh it's due to our kind of culture of for example our shorts program where we uh make a few short films a year and then we have a uh, initiative in our studio where we put a pitch out and ask everyone in our studio to pitch into that idea and then we have they'll present their ideas to the whole studio and then everyone in our studio gets to vote on which one gets made and then that will go into production the next day with the person whose idea it was directing it and that has been quite a game change for our studio because not that many animation studios make their own short films and there's not that much funding in the uk for short films these days so that uh having releasing a lot of short films really gives us a lot of kind of exposure and uh and makes people or gives people awareness of our culture and how we really uh value creativity and staff because one of the downsides of making a lot of children's tv is that you can seem to be a bit of a kind of factory churning out endless amounts of animation every year but we we try and balance that by showing we're very uh creative in kind of blank canvas ways by creating short animations that that really try and push us forward and uh move the studio in a new direction to always keep moving things forward without ever becoming kind of complacent or kind of resting on our laurels amazing and i guess it's a a really good way of kind of discovering those hidden talents of your staff yeah i mean we had we did one um vr short a few years ago and uh, we asked everyone in the studio to pitch in for it and one of our junior storyboard artists uh catherine Solkel, she won the pitch and she was actually a trainee storyboarder at the time so she actually got to direct a a five-minute vr film with the backing of the whole studio's resources and i think that shows you you're giving your staff a lot of trust and respect which i think uh is very important to not treat your 
staff like children at school and to treat everyone like adults and because that's why you've employed them at the end of the day so i think there's there's a, a two-way trust there that's very important to remember uh, that's a great anecdote as well okay so this is the the scrub forward round so this is a quick fire round okay uh, <laughs> this one is so first question video nasty what's the worst habit you see people practice in animation um obsession not letting something go and moving on vr ar or mixed r uh ar because vr has very limited uh access and vr sorry and ar is on every single smartphone so for me there's no point in making something if not many people can see it what's what techniques and software would you advise people starting out in animation to check out there's so much free software out there. Uh, if you're an animator, just download Blender and then give it a go. Uh, the worst thing to do is just uh, put it off by wondering what software to use. Just get anything, get started, and you could easily switch. To get a Wacom and Photoshop or something. Yeah, anything. Just just get started and and get experimenting. And don't. It's not about the software or tools. It's uh, it's about you and the creativity and the practice and time you put into it. Okay, so play, pause, stop. One thing you always do, one thing you sometimes do, one thing you should never do. One thing I always do is uh, every morning in my journal, plan my day ahead and work out what I've got to get done. Otherwise, I don't get anything done. Sometimes do. I don't look, I don't look at other people's work enough, which I'm always gutted to do because as a creative, you know, it's, it's all about getting inspiration and I don't have enough time to watch other people's work and I always want to. And what should you or people never do? Never be negative. Always find a positive. The world's too negative as it is. And I think it's, it's uh, lazy. There's easy ways to find positivity in most things, not all things, but uh, I always find that say something positive or don't bother saying it. Attitude of gratitude, right? And the, as the Americans yes. would say. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Um, do you have one secret animation tip? Watch lots of bad animation as well as good animation and always try and work out how you would have made it better because that's there's only one route to being very good and that's being able to critique your own work and it's very hard to do that sometimes when you're very close to it so the more you can practice at working out how to fix other people's projects the better you can get your own job good tip and what's next for animation in general in general um i think technically we're in quite exciting times of the renders getting faster and faster you know because i used to when i was at university used to have to wait hours and hours just to see one image and now it's getting faster and faster with more real-time rendering. And that's very exciting because it allows you to create much uh, faster iteration of ideas and get to much higher quality results and see what ideas look like quicker. And that's good for everyone. So that's really exciting at the moment of how quickly technology is changing, of allowing you to, to, to get to where you want to be quicker. One book or resource that you would, you would uh, recommend? I think um, it's an obvious one, but on YouTube, there's so many world-class talks and lectures and also critiques 
that uh, world-class people have done. Um, and I think that's been a game changer. Seeing what graduates are doing now compared to what graduates doing 15 years ago, it's absolutely mind-blowing how much they've moved on. And I think a lot of that has got to do with internet video and being exposed to what, what all their peers and other universities are doing as well. And I think they don't realize what life was like before the internet, where if you wanted to see uh, you know, a, a Pixar director giving a talk, you'd have to go and find a Pixar director. But now you can uh, watch those any time of the day on, on your bus going home, and that should not be uh, underappreciated. And I imagine there's a, quite a few of you uh, talking on there as well, right? Uh, I, I hope not. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to watch them. <laughs> Um, and what's next for Blue Zoo? Um, we're we're always trying to shake things up, so we're we're kind of pushing into a new phase of the studio, which we can hopefully talk about soon in terms of how we're mixing up, how we we come up with uh, new ideas and new projects, and we've uh, got some feature films in development as well, which we're um, kind of closing. Uh, fundraising on so there's loads of uh different things and and with our animation training as well that's uh taken off really well we kind of started it just two went live two months ago so we've got loads of different things on the go and that's what keeps the job really exciting for me just having all of these different things going it also means that i have very little spare time but i enjoy every minute of it so i really can't complain at all do you want to just slightly dig into anim dojo and just let people know what that is exactly sure so we're as an animation studio we've always struggled to recruit uh animators uh being able to animate at the level and speed that we need them to be able to animate in where out of the showrolls we get less than 10 percent uh employable to kind of start on day one so we really wanted to help all those people because we spoke to so many passionate people who aren't quite job ready but have been through university so we thought let's try and start an online uh animation um kind of finishing school that tells teaches people how we train uh, and how we approach animation and how to critique because uh you can't improve if you can't judge your own work and we felt there was not enough of that going on. So Anim Dojo is a way of um, trying to help people get better. And we tried to take kind of a Netflix approach to it, uh, where we can charge a very low amount, but make it very scalable to help a lot of people rather than just helping a few people that we could fit into our studio. Well, it's amazing. It's an amazing resource. And um, if anyone is out there, who needs something like that, then this is a, this is revolutionary, innovative, and and really reasonable, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've, we've, we've tried to make it as cheap as possible. So it only costs £15 a month. So we can, people can fit it in. If someone's juggling two jobs, they can, they can just do it for a few hours a week. So it's really trying to instill that practice makes perfect and there's there's no shortcuts so trying to help those people who don't have much time if it's like a single parent or whatever we really want to try and be inclusive and and really help the diversity in our studio in in that respect by trying to make it as as cheap and flexible to fit around any person's kind of like hours they can they can squeeze a bit of practice and learning in did you flex your tech muscles doing this project 
uh i did so i coded a lot of the website myself because i haven't I haven't done it for years and i always and i know i miss doing doing programming uh so i it's to make it affordable actually it's just myself and um Bader, one of our animation directors so he does all the materials and live live streaming workouts and i i look after the tech side and build the website and do all things technical so it's been it's been fun fun for me to to do that side of it but also it's meant that we've been able to to uh, save a lot of costs by not hiring programmers to build a whole interactive learning platform so you're an md you're a tech genius you're an animator i don't know what's what else you need to be with. <laughs> no, uh, well it's uh it's it's purely from a partly from more of a, a selfish uh re- place that i i just really enjoy doing it <laughs> brilliant um okay so well how how do people connect with you um they can the best place is in in real life by going to a lot of the events we're at we're always going to animation festivals and and networking events which we're always kind of publicizing on our on our social feeds and stuff which events we're at but also um on linkedin or twitter i always try and try and uh, get back to people not always possible uh as i've got quite a few things on but i do try my best Okay, and uh, do you want to give a quick plug for anything that's coming up in the next couple of months? I mean, we're currently making more shorts, so hopefully we've got another short, animated short being released this summer to look out for, and we're at plenty of festivals. Uh, we're not 100% confirmed yet on which ones we're at late this year, but uh, yeah, just keep an eye on our, our social feeds um, because we, we love meeting everyone out there and uh yeah so we're always looking to meet new creative people well tom thanks so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure it's been a pleasure for me as well and all the details um and a load of links will be on the show notes page on uh, video-talks.com so tom we'd love you to come back and talk uh, about video if we bring this into a live environment at some point panel discussion um are you up for that yes always love panel discussions they're always always good fun so yeah count me up count me up sign sign me up count count me up as one of you (laughs) yeah okay brilliant um and thanks so much and we'll see thank you we'll see you soon cool cheers andy and my thanks goes to tom box there he was a brilliant guest loads of amazing insight in that episode so if you'd like to hear more episodes coming up from different movers and shakers in video please hit subscribe if you haven't done so already Um, you can also check out the show notes on videotalks.co or video-talks.com as i mentioned you'll also find links to my other podcast which is called square one that's s-c-w-a-i-r number one Um, And that is a podcast about starting from scratch. It's kind of basically charting my business journey and the business journeys of people who've started companies, charities, businesses, and also people who've gone back to square one and started something completely new. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next Video Talks. 